FM leading the conversation. The viewpoint 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. On SAFM. Good evening, Mr. Mutlong. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, thank you, uh, Songezo. I'm glad to be here and greetings to your listeners. Pick a topic between Dr. Cindy Fansell, the ANC Youth League, Peter Chief, the murder case, the Robbie Ridge land protest, or something a lot lighter than all of those, the birthdays of Pravin Gordon and Redleseg Sazuma. Ah, I, I, let me first, I think, would love to talk about Dr. Cindy Fanzale and to say news about her passing are rather sad and it shows the impact of the COVID-19 on the human capital in our country. We've lost so many people who contributed a great deal to the public sector or the public service as a whole. So I think as as people or citizens, you need to always remember that COVID is real and the impacts are there. So you, you look at a person of Dr. Cindy Fanzale through her work on radio, the type of topics she covered were rather educational and including uh, themes around matters that people have neglected you know how uh, the sexuality of a disabled person is like or how disabled people function uh, and, and and navigate their daily lives in society and i think people would have seen how she also contributed via twitter providing consultations or advice which was quite helpful so Having to lose such a person mm. is, is a great loss indeed. One of the striking things about her was all of the work that she did, more particularly in the medical space and offering of her time, skill, and medi- me- medical advice, if you like, as you've referred to, was of an experience of hers when she was, what, a young lady, young girl at the time, 18, 19, where she nearly died because at the healthcare facility at which she was at, and I just happened to catch a clip on the social media that's obviously doing the rounds, she was 18, 19 at a healthcare facility. The healthcare practitioners who happened to be there who could have assisted her did not assist her to the extent that as a result she nearly lost her life. It was that moment for her that proved to be who she ultimately became, the philanthropist that she is, giving so much of all things but not least her time in the service of people, particularly through her medical career and doing it on the basis of love for her people. Mm. That is something which we could all take a leaf from her book, surely. Yeah, uh, for, for example, myself, I grew up in a squatter camp called Sonovader here in the Val. And we, we, we fished water at some dirty stream, you know? And me having to grow up from such kind of a background, I, I developed this interest in hydropolitics, having to understand the politics around water, how others get water and others do not. So I think our social upbringing is very influential in our career paths. So people necessarily won't, don't have to undermine mm. how they're growing. It, it, it is 
for a particular purpose. I'm not saying we should romanticize struggle and hardship, you know, but in a case, it's also showing the capitalist system or in the political economy of healthcare. Definitely, when one is in the public sector that is not well managed, it becomes a struggle. We have to now find refuge in the public sector. So I don't know, was it in the public institution those doctors did not want to help, but that goes with the economy of our health. One has to pay to get a, maybe a, some kind of an, a dignif- dignifiable you know, service. Young people have certainly a lot to learn there. Speaking of and about young people, the ANC Youth League, or if it can be called that, or rather if not that, the ANC National Youth Task Team is yeah. calling for a disciplinary hearing of senior ANC leaders Enoch Godongwana and Tony Yengene after the embarrassing, as it is called, behavior during a heated National Executive Committee meeting last month. Yeah. This organization, who last held an election some nine years ago, What's going on with the ANC Youth League and what does this mean for the party itself? The fact that for so long the ANC Youth League has been anything but the established ANC Youth League of yesteryear. I think what we see here is some kind of an anomaly, you know, uh, whereby the valued institution has been abandoned, has been neglected. Uh, The ANC Youth League was that platform for young people I think it it played that socialization role. It developed future politicians. So when it was abandoned like it was, it, it somehow left a lot of young people in the ledge. So I think the NC is also considering how Malema left the NC League with a horde of young people to form the EFF. So should they continue in that trajectory, it means the NC is not appealing so much to to the young people. So the young people who follow the NC are those with some historical understanding of what the NC is, of have experienced the ANC Youth League itself. So they would now maybe also coming from SASCO, but uh, you can't be at home in SASCO. The NC Youth League is the home, you know. So the NC has to resuscitate the Youth League to accommodate that upcoming generation of politicians as a manager to dissuade them from following the ANC, from following the EFF. So I would think this is very important now. And also it it is now restoring the perceptions about the uh, ANC Youth League being a very vital instrument for one's influence within the ANC, the mother body. So we, we see now the re, I think the relocation of factions or priorities within the, the ANC. So it will, we've had, they said they are not there to play factions. They are there to unite the movement itself. It will now be for time to tell as well as how they formulate the... But, I mean, how much time are we talking about? You're sorry to engage. The oh. last real structure of the <laughs> ANC Youth League, if one really can be honest, is the time when Malema was there and when he was dismissed from the party and the person who was yeah. instrumental in that is the incumbent president of the party. Might the fact that President Ramaphosa at that time was instrumental in Malema and Floyd Chibam and many others leaving yeah. together with the late Cindy Somagata, now mm. that he is the president 
of the ANC itself, still the fortunes of the Youth League within its rank are in the kinds of tatters they are in now, indicative of the party and its attitude to young people within itself and more broadly in society. Yeah, I think it says a lot about youth in society generally, how this political party reaches out to them. And we see the NC has had had that unique approach through the Youth League compared to uh, DA. They do have some Youth League, but it's very weak, invisible. So the NC had to go back to this tradition. So whether it's a part of restoring or it's part of reconfiguring internal political party issues. So remember with Maine when he came after Malema, Maine seemed to be pro-Zuma or if not a very quiet ANC Youth League, a very disempowered Youth League. So with President Ramaphosa coming through, we want to think is this the way of how Ramaphosa is trying to configure his influence within the party itself to ensure that Maybe he still has some support going forward. So it could play both ways. It's either that, internal political party issues, or as well in, in trying to ensure that they don't lose the youth vote uh, outside in, the, in society generally. Let's have a conversation with Mr. Seisman Mutlong, political science lecturer at the Northwest University. He's on the line until about half past 25 to. This is hashtag the weekend rep, and as you know, and is tradition on this platform, we talk about things that between the last time we had an engagement being Thursday to now have been in the airwaves, ANC Youth League, Dr. Cindy Fansell, Petritif murder case, Arabi Ridge land protest, and on a lighter note, and within the ANC, generally speaking, the birthdays of Pravin Gordon and former president, Gezeitlegi Sanzuma. Johannesburg 714-2006, certainly do give us a call. We have the claps ready for many of the first-time callers. We've been thoroughly pleased to host in recent memory. And, of course, 90 seconds, speak your mind. If not about these things that I've highlighted, anything else you might think is important. Let me come back to you, Mr. Mutlong. Let's talk about what's happening in Bumalanga, another farm murder. But this time, farm, well, in Bumalanga, farm and his son have been arrested for allegedly killing two job seekers and injuring another in a scuffle that broke out on a farm when the men were alleged to have been seeking seasonal work. The relations, again, between the powerful, if you like, represented by the farmers, Mm. the weak and the poor represented by those seeking jobs on farms, and we know the power dynamics, if not currently, certainly historically, Mm. in that space. Yes, I I think in in this case, what I could think about this is how our race relations approach unfolds, where you realize that when it is the perpetrator is a white person, we we have some sort of a dead silence from organizations and 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 I would think influential leaders, political leaders from the white community, not castigating what has happened when it would be a, a, a white person say murdered. We we still don't see a very harsh criticism from. A black community, black leaders and activists. So um, I want to think if this is the kind of a society we want to engender whereby we, we, are, we are isolated in that manner. And, and in this case also, it shows us the challenges that have been maybe strengthened or crystallized by the farm murders where 
would think uh, the farm owners who happen to be white are very cautious about having black bodies on their land, particularly those who, who are looking for a job. So one is not really sure. Are they looking for a job or is this a, a strategy for them to enter my property, kill me and take whatever they want to take? So it, 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 I would think it, it will really want us to see from a race relations approach, how do we bring a community of purpose and also how do we revitalize rural economies in a manner that would have black and white people cooperating to create a viable economy whereby both of them would be beneficial as well. So it is a very unfortunate uh, experience to have, and it leaves one also wondering if the previous kind of judgments that have been meted, you'll remember in, in Northwest, a, a farmer who killed a young boy was given a very light sentence according to public opinion. So the public opinion is also will be now shaped around this issue as to will these people, white people, be let scot-free or be given, you know, a light sentence as well. So it brings that argument of how uh, uh, race, whiteness becomes property and our court systems are protecting that whiteness. Even this is manifest in how or the extent of the uh, severity of the court judgments that come afterwards. I'm interested in one or two calls as we look to end this particular segment of Hashtag The Weekend Rap. We are in conversation with the political sciences lecturer at the Northwest University, Mr. Seisman Mutlo. Seisman, as we look to go to Selo in Mukupane and Mike in Newlands, what has happened there in Petritif together with what is happening in the land grabs that we are seeing in the Rabi Ridge ultimately speak to the land question in this country and the divisive nature by which for all of South Africa's time has never been resolved in a manner that can be more inclusive. There's a great deal of distrust in the process. The fact that a seasonal worker or a job seeker can be coming to a place where potentially they could be employed and they leave in a body bag is precisely what we are talking about when we speak of distrust in society. And it does follow racial lines. It does follow follow historical lines. And it does follow lines of privilege and wealth and all of those things. What is the solution to this bubbling tension that South Africa seems to be in and in very deeply? And I would hate to think at what are the options as to how it would end, but certainly the end is not promising anything decent out of that. Hmm. Yes, you look at Rabi Ridge, the people there are fighting for land occupation. And when you listen to them, they are telling you that rent payment is expensive. And through COVID, we've lost jobs, so we can no longer afford rent. Others are crying that uh, our forefathers were dispossessed through apartheid laws. We are landless eventually. And we see a land that is vacant, that is not occupied. And we, we want to occupy it because it is valuable for us. So what is the utility of a land that will remain you know, vacant for 20 years when we, we don't have residential places. So it, it, it reminds me of a, a, a philosopher they call Locke who, who spoke about private property and how a, a person who has an idea of property would come and fence off 
and land that is held in common and then tell those who have who are always enjoying that piece of land that this is my land and they become too simple to accept that it is his land now so what we see now is that revitalization or the renegotiation of the social contract along private property to say now the generation now is no longer taking things sim- simply so they are challenging those institutions and this institution of property i think in south african political narrative is hardly contested it it, it for me it's also interesting that it doesn't take the zimbabwe kind of an approach where the police come and dispossess. It is the people themselves who are running that mandate. Whether they are being advised politically or this is a legitimate, genuine, you know, organic movement happening. So if it, if organic, it's also exposing how law enforcement has, has been weak, has been found wanting to pro- implement that policy of private property. So those who own property would be also unease at this moment because you don't know tomorrow you could be called and told that your farm has been uh, 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 overtaken. So you have to now provide your own security to evict those people. So this is a long-standing debate. It sure is a long-standing debate. And let's, let's before we get a little too long in the wind here, go to Selo and Mokupane, Mike in Newlands Anonymous in KZN. Maybe one more caller might come through on Johannesburg 714-2006. All of you are not first-time callers, so you know the rules. 90 seconds. They start now. Selo. Thank you, Senator, and thank you for with uh, your guests, and thank you for taking my call. Look, I think I'm going to repeat myself. Um, as black people, let's stop um, seeking validation from white people. Um, it's not going to happen. It's not happening. So let's stop this thing to say white people did not comment about the uh, black people being murdered. That's what they are doing. They always pro- protect their own. So why are we surprised? We're crying about white people. Let's just leave them and do their own things. And black people do their own things. Support their own. Because it is what is happening currently. We, we talk about police not doing um, or fund wanting. Just that case of young guys, Northwest, who has been shot thinking for stealing a flower. How can you, if you are a, a, a normal person, you just want to just throw someone out of a moving car, a kid, for that matter, and then people come out scot-free, and we say, no, we have a, a justice system that works for all uh, color in this country. That's nonsense in my view. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Mike in Newlands. Thanks for taking my call. May I say, Cody, your program is an absolute pleasure. You have the most charming producer. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, picking up on Seller's point, I kind of agree with Seller and I kind of don't. Also, just want to remind him, yesterday was the anniversary of the death of Colin Kozo, who was beaten up by his own SANDF. I don't know where colour comes into it, but just want to make the point that it's not about black and white. In fact, it's just about having an honest government. And to that, I want to put a question to your guest tonight. It's slightly off the off the off the uh, discussion debate, but I think it's something I'd like to hear from him. And it, where does he put? Uh, where does he stand with the uh, SIU? 
Um, it's very often quoted on SAFM and on various programs being an independent investigative body. We currently have a situation with Panyazal and Sufi where 431 million rand has gone missing from his department. Um, it's a bit like a, a bit like a dog with a bone with this one because we're not getting any answers from Mr. Lasufi on this and everybody's gone very quiet and he says no, it's being independently investigated by the SIU. And I'm saying that the SIU reports to the Minister of Justice is an ANC MP and then the Minister of Justice reports to the President of the country who is an ANC member and head of the party. So where is the independence with the SIU? And I think it's unfair for Banyaza Lusufi or, or for that, that matter the presenters and the and SABC to continue to refer to the SIU as being independent. It certainly is not. And I think it's unfair also on the listeners. We're not getting a fair, uh, what's the word, your commentary. And I think when, when, when people like Banyaza Lusufi come on and quote the SIU as being independent, they I certainly have... are not telling the truth. Thank you, Banyaza. Uh, <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. I would hope yes, I'm not Banyaza Lusufi. <laughs> Mikey <laughs> Newlands, thank you so much. Anonymous in KZN. Go for it. And to your guest. I just want to say, who are the bad influences in society that when these things occur, concurrently, continuously, and yet everything is oversighted, it's under the carpet, wherever, and it's never talked about, it's never rectified, and it prolongs in the same manner. Continuously, year in and year out, we hear these stories. You know, people have been murdered. People are, as you mentioned, in body bags. Yes, but somebody is a bad influence in society. Some authority, some person in authority is a bad influence, and we need to investigate that person authority and push them behind bars. Whether it be the magistrate, whether it be the prosecutor, whether it be anyone in authority, that person should be pushed behind bars because they are using the cardholders to get back at people because they don't have jobs. Now let's kill the foreigners. No, send the foreigners back to the country. You don't have the right to kill them. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much there. Anonymous in KZN, and I understand this must surely be a first-time caller. Katlejo in Mulabu. Uh, that's how I am. Ecstatic. Thanks for calling. <laughs> That's great. That's great, sir. And uh, also greetings to your guest. Yes, sir. Um, I'm, 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 Remember I'm you a, have 90 I'm seconds a, and the bell will ring. I'm a person from, from Malapo. Yes. And, um, you know, at first I was very interested in politics until I understood the difference between politicking and actually striving for, for the right thing. Um, why am I talking about this? I'm listening to your conversations and I'm, I'm, I'm always tuning in into SAFM and I've always wanted to call in because I always discuss my thoughts with my partner and I thought this time I need to put it uh, on air. So I think that we as young people are neglected and it's simply because we are led by very old people who sometimes find it hard to think about us, you know, because I mean, um, Looking at uh, from our former presidents, we have we have people who've been part of the struggle, and now that we are in the the, the, the time of democracy, um, they, they they finally got the the you know the power that they've been fighting for, and we understand when you know with all the corruption and everything that is happening, but I think that they should at least try you know try to do something for us in terms of. Um, uh, empowering us business-wise because not we go to all these NYTAs and, and the gap and everything 
God knows they don't work. Everybody knows that, you know, they, they don't work because so. we've submitted we've submitted the business plans and everything, but it doesn't work. All we ask for Kat is Lecho, that... let me interrupt you. There is a 90-second ban, and I just thought I'd indulge you a little bit because you're a first-time caller, and I need literally 30 seconds of your final response, Mr. Seisman Mutlong. Perhaps you could respond to Mike's question that was put directly to you in 30 seconds. Okay. I would think that, Mike, to be honest... Uh, SIU and any state institution is political. The idea that these are independent is a fallacy. Look at how Zuma survived, was protected, and only when he comes out of office, he's been pursued. Look at how Trump was in power, how many times he survived, and only at the end of living. So, Manana was thrown out, and then Panyaza would be protected because it's part of the... Let's leave it there, Mr. Mutlong. The 30 seconds is up and that's time for us to move.